And you're on the Indie Show on RTRFM 92.1. As I mentioned at the top of the show, an expert panel headed up by former Defence Force Chief Angus Houston has released its findings on asylum seeker policy. For the moment, the, uh, the government has said it gives in principle support for all recommendations and is seeking amendments through Parliament by the end of the sitting week. There have been uh, some... Also the recommendations uh, differ in, in terms of uh, perspective, I guess, or in terms of your perspective, they may differ. But it, it definitely seems like uh, much of a muchness and potentially even just a return to the civic solution. But to find out more about what these recommendations, if implemented, will mean for asylum seeker policy, a little earlier this evening I spoke to regular contributor to Indie Media and refugee advocate Mr Phil Chilton. Indie Media. Phil, today the so-called panel headed up by former Defence Force Chief Angus Houston has released its findings on asylum seeker policy. The uh, government has actually given in principle support for the findings. Is this business as usual or is there uh, a new direction for asylum seeker policy in this country? Uh, certainly. I don't know if business is usual is the phrase that I'd use, but certainly this doesn't uh, indicate anything positive for people who wanted to see humanitarian outcomes as part of the so-called policy discussion. This is really, if anything, I would say a step back. It, it, it continues the whole idea that some of people who seek asylum in this country are doing something wrong and may be deterred from doing that. Um, and it's got all the... It, unfortunately, it started out with, with, with very flawed premises in the very beginning, and not surprisingly, it's come up with very flawed um, conclusions in the end. Dr Graham Tom, uh, Amnesty International's National Refugee Coordinator, has likened uh, the recommendations to essentially a return to the Pacific solution of old. From what you've seen so far, does it seem very much like just a step back to the Pacific solution in terms of the recommendations to uh, essentially prioritise offshore processing at Nauru? Well, I, th- I think that's, that's true. Basically, apart from a few concessions in there, like the uh, the raising of the, of the quota to, uh, I think they're saying, uh, 20,000, I can't remember off the top of my head, sorry. Um, but basically, yeah, this is a step back towards um, so-called offshore processing, where they basically warehouse out refugees to some other country, like Nauru or, or PNG, or they'll do a deal with Malaysia. Um, and this is a real problem, because for a start... These countries, uh, Papua New Guinea and Nauru, they're sovereign countries. Why should they actually have to take on a, what is essentially, or should be, Australia's responsibility in the region? I mean, the only reason that PNG and Nauru are, would even consider it is because Australia will dangle a whole wad of cash in their face, and PNG and Nauru are states that desperately need that kind of cash, and so they're likely to capitulate towards Australia's outsourcing of its own humanitarian responsibilities. And in line with that, there's further recommendations for closer cooperation with Indonesia, but I gather this is also problematic. Well, it's really, I mean, and I haven't had a chance to read the entire report yet, but it's certainly in, in what, what is on the available at the moment. The detail's a bit thin in that, yeah, I mean, of course Australia should be like operating in Indonesia to actually assess asylum seekers there and really do away with the need for a boat journey because you could assess there and grant them a visa there and then they could come to Australia by, by any kind of normal means, ideally but on Australia's, uh, on Australia's own boats and things. But um, what, 
what I suspect they really mean is that they want to do deals with Indonesia so they can send the boats back. And that has been talked about explicitly today. Oh, we don't agree with turning the boats back under the current conditions, but given different conditions, yeah, we're happy to turn the boats around. Now, that's a, an absolutely dreadful position to take. Why in God's name would you do that to people who are doing nothing more than seeking asylum from persecution in your country? Now, referring to the process and the panel itself, it's headed up by former Defence Force Chief Angus Houston, as I mentioned. Is this an adequate way of defining uh, asylum seeker policy here in Australia? Essentially, people like uh, Mr Houston and others telling the government uh, what we should be doing. Is, is there some other way that Australia should be looking at uh, asylum seeker policy? My God, almost any other way would be better than this. These, these three actors were chosen because basically everybody knew the kind of conclusions that they were going to come up with. We knew we weren't going to get anything out of out of the bag from this this month. I mean, they're obviously agreeing with the process of, oh, my God, we have to stop the boats coming, you know, and they sort of dress it up with, oh, there's going to be lives lost at sea. But that was not why they want to stop the boats. 95% of the boats actually get here safely. They want to stop the boats because they don't like what they call orthodox maritime arrivals. That is the whole one of the key premises that they started off with. And so what do you do if you want to stop people doing something that you see as wrong? You try and deter them from doing it. And that's why they've got all these like spikes in this in this in these in these resolutions. We're gonna put you on Nauru, we're gonna put you on PNG. If we get the chance we're gonna turn notes back. This is this basically delivers the outcome that both coalition can be happy with, they're saying it vindicated their policy, and Gillard can accept in principle. If you look at the people who don't like this policy, like Amnesty International, like all the NGOs that are involved in dealing with refugees, they don't like it. And, and that's, that's, that, I think, really says something about this whole process. If you actually want to have a policy discussion that emphasises human rights, you should go and talk to those NGOs. Go and talk to Amnesty International. Go and talk to the people who deal with refugees on the ground. Go and talk to the refugees themselves because they actually put submissions into this expert panel because Refugee Rights Action Network facilitated that. I don't they would listen to for one second. If the government adopts these recommendations and continues to pursue offshore processing and essentially returns, as I said, to a, a similar policy to the Pacific solution, in a sense, both major parties, the coalition and the Labor Party, will be essentially uh, once again spruiking the same policy. What does that mean for an election? I mean, in a sense, if you have the same, uh, same policy, they can't really use refugees as political football. I think it's going to mean in terms of the, uh, the, the Liberal coalition and uh, Labor divide on this issue. Well, we're basically going to the, the polling booths and wanting to see any kind of humanitarian policy. Really, the only box you could tick in the polling booth would be for the Greens. I mean, I'm not sort of naive in any sense that I think the Greens will be capable of forming government on their own, and uh, they're probably not even going to be capable of really seriously impacting on... I mean, they're not really going to be in a coalition with the Liberals, I wouldn't have thought, but if, you know, the ALP by some bizarre just to fake get back in, they're probably not going to be able to impact on that, on that kind of policy. They haven't done so far anyway. So really the only question for people, if you want to see a change to this policy, if you want to see a humanitarian uh, focus towards refugees, we're going to have to fight for it, which is what we've been doing for 20 years. And if Gillard or Bowen or any of these grubs on the other side of the house are under any illusions that we're going to stop, 
We certainly aren't going to. And on the subject of standing up for a humanitarian approach to asylum seekers, I believe the Refugee Rights Action Network are heading up to Northam uh, at the end of August. Can you give our listeners the details of that and why specifically you're heading to Northam? Sure. On the 26th of August, we're heading up to Northam. In a lot of ways, it's to show people who might not be aware or who might want a reminder of the, of the physicality of this bossy. If you go to Northern Detention Centre and you look at it, it looks like, it feels like a maximum security prison because that's where, what it is. But the people inside that centre aren't maximum security criminals of any kind. They are people who've come to this country seeking asylum. We go there, we're going to be noisy. We want people to know that there are certainly people in this country who oppose this policy. So I would urge people to join us on the day. If you want more details, go to RAN's website, ran.org, R-R-A-N.org. Go there and you'll be able to follow the links and find more about that convergence. But, yeah, come along with us to Northern Detention Centre to see, to see what this policy is all about. That was Mr Phil Chilton from the Refugee Rights Action Network. And as he mentioned there, if you'd like to join them on their convergence to the Northern Detention Centre, Northern Detention Centre, you can get along to ran.org, R-R-A-N.org, and you can register your interest.